0: It is always to be in good to be in the house of the Lord. I want to welcome everybody for being here today, and we want to look at John chapter six today. And as we go over to John chapter six, and as you find your way there, then I want to just break down a couple of things here about Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and how we get to the book of John and how it's different than the other Gospels. Matthew, we, we behold our king in the encampment of the tabernacle that was in the wilderness. In Mark, we behold our servant in the outer court, the perfect servant, the perfect sacrifice. In Luke, we behold the man in the inner court of the high priestly work that was done among men. But in John, when we get to John, we behold our God. John stands alone in many things because it is considered to be the holy of holies. It's considered to be the inner court of the doctrines of the God of glory. Today we pick up in the story, that has started out with the feeding of 5,000, really fifteen to 20,000 people, with five loaves of bread and two fishes. And that God, had, Jesus had done a mighty work by satisfying the need. And we go through this gospel today, we want to think about Jesus being the all-satisfying king. Amen, the all-satisfying, the one that has supplied our every need in every part. The title to today is the gifts to keep on giving, the gift of God the Father to His Son, and the gift of salvation to us. So we have it, the gift of the elect that we will see, the gift of security that we have, and the gift of Everlasting life that we have and will always have. Amen? There's a balance of all these things, but it's your, it's your look upon grace which determines many things. The look upon grace does not give us permission to sin. It gives us permission to adore Him in all that He is, in all His splendor, in all His glory. So right after the, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus gave a private disciple lesson to the people, to his disciples. Have fifteen to 20,000 people there. Jesus was about to be made king by them for the wrong motive because they fed their belly. And he will address this further in the Gospel of John. But right now he tells them that when they finally catch up to him, you only came because you got your belly full and now you're looking for breakfast. And that's where we'll pick up the part there. But when we look back and we see the, uh, the disciples, they were told to go to the other side. They might not have understood everything, but they were told to go to the other side. And to the other side they went. And with that came many storms. Many trials, a lot of work. Amen? Because He sent him, Jesus sent the multitude away, told disciples, get in the boat, go go away, because we're not into king-making. You don't make Jesus Christ king. He's already king. You don't make Jesus Christ Lord. He's already Lord. Amen? And so we see that Jesus went upon the hill, went upon the mountain to be with His Father. And always ask myself when I get to that, how often do I cut loose to be with my Father, to be with our Christ? And so we proceed as we had the lesson that was given to Peter and the other disciples. They have been paddling with the, to the headwind for. 12 to 14 hours, they got about 3 or 4 miles. They started out at 3 or 4 o'clock the day before, and now it's 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And they're just doing what they're told. They don't understand everything, but they're just doing what they're told. Christ said, go to the other side. While Christ went up on the mountain, he sent the storm for them to be strengthened, not to be beat down, but to be Strengthened. And as they were paddling through, being tired, they saw Christ walking upon the water. And what happened? You remember what happened? The first thing they thought they saw was a a ghost, and then Jesus said, Fear not, for it is I. That's wonderful news, isn't it? then uh, automatically peter his response lord if it's to you let me let me come to let me come to you and what does the disciple want to be where does the disciple want to be It's near christ near their god amen so peter gets out of the boat and at this time he is focused on christ and christ alone took a couple steps and took his eyes off of Christ. He put his eyes on the problem. And that's what happens to us when we get our eyes off of Christ, when we forget that we have the gifts that keep on giving. We are the elect. We, are, uh, we have security in Christ. We have everlasting life now. These things are pouring out of us. And, and when we get our eyes focused on the problem, we begin to sink. We begin to have a separation of our God. Then he brings us to the point of that separation of understanding. When Peter began to sink, what did he say? He said, Lord, save me. And Scripture says immediately, hey, aren't you glad that The Lord has you in His hand instead of you hanging on to Him. He has truly the whole world in His hand. And immediately they were on the other side, says the other Gospels. And then they met those people that I told you they were looking for breakfast. Verse 28, I want to pick up here. Here. And you can read it later to see why. Verse 28, if you would stand with me to read in God's word. And we'll read 28 to 40. But our main verses will be 36 or actually 34 through 40. Then they said unto him. What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What signs showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna. In the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. And they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come. To me. In him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is my Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which hath He hath given me I shall lose nothing but should raise it up in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. We may be seated. I think about this text in this so glorious the theme is that Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the all-satisfying uh, all food, the spiritual food uh, that we need. He is the soul's food, amen? The, 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 that's the theme that's going through here, but it's so loaded, and like John is always loaded with doctrine. And that's not a bad word, but we're going to go to a couple places. We're going to hear the angels' wings flapping today because we're going to go in a couple places in the Bible, Amen. And that's going to be the flapping of the pages. Praise the Lord for that. But I do want to say this. In verse 37, all. Th- well, let me back up. In verse 30, two more verses, 28. And this said they unto him, What shall we do that we might do the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on Him that He has sent. Now, when you think about that statement, what is the work of God? The work of God is that you believe. The work of God is that He gives you the ability to believe in the one and only Christ, the one and only Lord, and the God of glory. Amen? You have. We are spiritually dead. All agree to that. If not, read your Bible. Bible says we're just spiritually dead, so this is the work of God that we cannot do on our own. Hey, aren't you glad that God empties us before He fills us? Amen? Because what happens if we come with some ability that they want right here? Well, just tell us the work of God, we'll go do it. Just tell us what it is, we'll just go do it. So this is the work of God that you believe. And before the foundation of the world, Christ was given a bride. And if you are a lover of Jesus Christ this very day, you are the bride of Christ. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? And He'll never divorce you. Amen. But here's the thing to it as well. You didn't get there by your ability. You're not going to keep it by your ability. And you're not going to find another way to get it. It's only through Christ. For He is the the gift that keeps on giving. The elect will always be elect. There's a, in John 17, we see it plain in Scripture. We'll go to Ephesians chapter 1 here in just a second, but you can't go ahead and go there. But in John 17, Jesus in the high priestly prayer is saying, they were yours, and you gave them to me. And I brought them back, paraphrasing that. I redeemed them, and I kept them, and lost none. That's, that's, that's huge. That's good news to us today. right? Because if you're a lover of Jesus Christ, it's because God has done the work in you. And that work was done when? Before the foundation of the world. Okay? Are you okay with that? I hope you are because that's the Bible. And we're going to leave the Bible lay where it lays at. It is the gift of the elect unto Christ that keeps on giving. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. He is worthy to be praised. And it says here in verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come. All that the Father giveth me will come. Amen? When were they given? They were given before the foundation of the world. They were, Jesus, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit wrote a book and put the, put it in the Lamb's Book of Life. When was that done? Before the foundation of the world. He's not writing the book today. Amen? It's sealed and done. And the king of glory is the one that will break the seal. That's good. This is satisfying, so satisfying bread of the almighty God. Amen. And I hope you're being fed today. But I tell you, it's not just that. We could use this doctrine to sin, so we have to be careful of that. We do not have the right to tell ourselves that I'm either elect or not elect. We don't have a right to tell somebody else that they are elect or not elect. If you're a lover of Jesus Christ, and you, he that uh, continues until the end, praise the Lord, you're a lover of Jesus Christ by the work of Christ himself. And be satisfied in that. That we look at this gift, the gift of the elect to the Son and from the Son to the Father. And then we have this, which you hear me say a lot of times, Romans five. 5. For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Amen. That's, that just split right down the middle right there. The Father loved the Son, the Son loved the Father, and we're in the middle. The Gospel is about Jesus Christ in Him alone. Amen. The Gospel is not about us, but it's very good news to us, ain't it? Amen. Amen. That's exciting to me. uh. It just gets deeper each time that I step out into it. Ephesians chapter 1 is going to help us a little bit more in a couple of these things. But I want to encourage you, do read John 17. Not now, but sometime. The high priestly prayer. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. And now I'll read it back up, or we'll see how... He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us in all spiritual blessings in heaven, places, uh, places in Christ. Do you see that? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You are, you are over-blessed, amen? You're, you're working out of the overflow. I pray that it is for you today. Because in order to be filled, you have to be emptied. In order to be emptied, you have to die to self. And say, Lord, I bring nothing but stitch to the cross. I bring nothing, nothing in my hand. I bring simply to the cross I cling. I have no other argument. I have no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Is it enough for you? Is it enough for you to live a life separated from the world, loving Christ, being captivated by Christ and never satisfied, always satisfied, but longing more and more to get more of him and all that he is? If he's done that work in you, this is what's gonna happen. You're not gonna be ever satisfied with your walk until you die, then you get go on to glory, worship him without any hindrance. I don't know about you, but that's a happy thought. Being able to worship, join the Hallelujah band. Holy, 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 holy. The whole earth is full of His glory. The whole earth is full of His glory. Forevermore, forevermore. Praise the Lord! I can't wait. We're sealed. This is where we're going. Amen. Says in verse four. All spiritual blessings. Look at that. Verse three. Verse 4 says this, According to, hath he chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Okay, when did he choose us? Before the foundation of the world. Did he choose us or did we choose him? He chose us before the foundation of the world. That we should, the evidence is this, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. That's the evidence that you're a lover of Jesus Christ. It's not accomplished, it's a work in action, amen? Having predestinated us to the adoption of children, that just tears me up every time. We're adopted into the family. We, he, he, we didn't adopt him. We didn't accept him, right? We're adopted into his family. Amen? That should be really exciting or our heart should be overflowing by the presence of the Almighty God. You're an adopted child of God. Christ Himself, to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. And that just brings it on home, doesn't it? The Lord loves saving people like us. Amen? I can't hear you out there, man. This should be good stuff to you. You think about to the pleasure of his own will, not your pleasure, not anybody else's pleasure, but the pleasure of God Almighty to save a maggot like Wesley Stevens that dressed him in the robe of righteousness. And the king of glory adopted into that family. Why? Because it was the good pleasure of his will. And, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, you see that? Why did God save you? To the glory of His grace. You have the answer. I don't know why God saved me. You have the answer right here. For the glory of His grace. In His good pleasure. In whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. It just gets better. Amen? Man, this is, is, praise the Lord. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Look at 11. Well, let's just read 10. That in this dispensation of the fullness of time he hath might Gathered together, one in all things, Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Not only are we adopted, but we have an inheritance that comes with it. Amen? Man, that's good being predestinated before day, predetermined, However, whatever word you want to put there. It's not a, nanny, a nasty word or anything. It is Scripture, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His will. What's the evidence that you have received this? That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye trusted after ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption and the purpose possession unto the praise of his glory. Now that's a lot of scripture to read, but man, this was, there's many, many, many sermons in that passage. But it's the praise of to be, to the glory of God, that we're of the elect, we're of the chosen, and that's where we started out, and that's where we need to be settled. In John one, it will tell you this: "It says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of God, uh, will of man, but." of God that showeth mercy Romans 9 tells us this that this is not of him that willeth nor him that runneth but of God who showeth mercy hey are you okay being a slave unto Jesus Christ you're going to be a slave to somebody we'll touch on that in just a minute and you were a slave to somebody but when we see the the gift of the of the elect Jesus Jesus satisfies are you satisfied in Christ right now of your salvation but although you're satisfied in Christ you want more Is your life say, does your life say that you're satisfied in Christ Does it preach the gospel without words You should it should, so we look at the gift of security in verses thirty eight hold on just a minute let me just uh okay, let me just pick pick back up at uh thirty five and Jesus said unto them, "I am the bread of life, he that cometh after me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst, but I say unto you. Also, you have seen me and believe not. Who is that? That's the people that do not like the doctrines of grace. That do not like that they cannot earn their salvation. Those are the ones that do not believe. Verse 37, all that the Father giveth me shall come. I like that. In him that cometh to me, I will no wise cast out. If you have a hunger for salvation, praise the Lord. He's doing the work and you won't be rejected. Amen. If He's drawing you by the power of the Holy Spirit, He's doing the work. It's called the effectual calling. Right? Faith comes from hearing. That hearing is by the Word of God being preached or taught or read or given. However it is, God uses His Word and His Word alone to draw you and you will come. Amen. We'll see that even more in a minute. My sheep hear my voice and they will come. That's, that's good, isn't it? I'm glad the Lord didn't ask me if I wanted to be saved. Aren't you? What would your answer be? Being spiritually dead, the answer would automatically be no, I'm perfectly fine in the way that I am. But then he sends the Holy Spirit of truth and gives that hunger. All that, would be, all that has been given to Him will come. And the Baptist uh, Confession of Faith says, there is a number written that will not go up or will it come down. And let's talk about those that will be saved. From Him, through Him, and to Him. In verse 38, to get the security. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the will, the Father's will, whom he has sent me, that all which hath been given me, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise him up again in the last day. All that the Father has given him, he shall lose nothing. You can't send your salvation away. You know, I, before I was saved, I was what you would call a, a free willer. Uh, and I believe you can lose it and gain it. You was completely in control of it. It wasn't the God of the Bible. It was the God of my imagination. But when God saved me, he took that nonsense away. Amen. And I had to agree with the Word of God. It's true, not me. I don't have it all figured out. But the Bible says it and it's settled. That settles the issue. Over in John chapter 10, if you want to flip over a couple pages, I just want to read this right here and then we'll move on. Begin at verse 24. That's pretty. You hear the pages? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Verse 24 says, Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, how long does thou make us doubt that thou be the Christ? Tell us plainly. Are you serious? This is John chapter 10. They have seen all kind of miracles. They have seen all kind of things brought to them, the miracles of feeding of the bread, the, all kind of things that were brought to them and had no reason to doubt, and Jesus had already said. But I tell you, And you believe not. You hear that? See, we don't leave neutral. But I do want you to understand there is a human responsibility. God gave the gift of repentance. When he reveals himself to us, and we behold the God of the Bible, it's going to change our lives. And continue to change until we get to go home and worship him in all his splendor. You have you cannot use this doctrine to sin. It could be done two ways. Once saved, always saved, live like hell. I got my stamp. The other side of that, well, he didn't choose me. You don't have a right to do that. That's just sinful. You do have the right to glory in it. Because you are a lover of Christ and you want everyone else to be a lover of Christ. Don't you? Man, don't you wish he just poured us in a glass and said, hey, take a swallow. Everybody take a swallow and you'll have the Holy Spirit. Well, it'd be great if that's easy. No, it's the act of God, and only God can do it. But we have a responsibility. Listen to this. To uh, tell us plainly, Jesus answered, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not. Why? Because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep... Hear that? My sheep, whose sheep? My sheep, when are they his sheep? They have always been his sheep. They've always been his sheep. I always I have always been his sheep, but it was revealed to me at the age of 40. You don't turn from a goat to a sheep. You've always been a sheep, you're just a dead sheep. Amen. Your nature has to be changed. Your nature does not fit the sheep. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. See the action? They hear, they know, and they follow. Amen? This, the doctrines of grace has action to it. They hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. All, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Again, when I was a free willer, I would say this. Well, you're right. No, my, no other man can make me lose my salvation, but I can walk away from it. That's just heresy upon heresy. You're not going to want to walk away from it if you belong to him. You, nobody has ever walked away from the Christian faith. Nobody has ever lost their salvation. Ever. They just proves they never were. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Now look at their reaction. Instead of humbling themselves and saying, get away from this religion, putting everything aside, emptying out themselves before God, what did they do? Then the Jews took up stone again to stone them. Stone him, excuse me. They wanted to kill him. Has anybody ever wanted to kill you because you gave them truth? They might not express it to you, but I'm sure they have if you're sharing the gospel at all. But we don't do it to to get them mad or aggravated. We do it because we love them. And we want them to know this God. It's not by religion. It's not by doing all the right things. It's the evidence thereof. Hey, aren't you glad that You're in the hands of Christ right now, and He did that work absolutely perfect. Huh? Aren't you glad that He has you by His hand and you can't peel one finger off of yourself? Amen? He has a grip on you that no one can can loosen. Praise be to God. Isn't that wonderful? So rich text today. So we look at verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son, believeth on him, may have everlasting life. You see that? You may not be able to see the Son physically, but you're not going to see it anywhere else except through his word. And then if you're looking upon this Christ, this God who's done a work in you, Right? By seeing, you is believing in this way, that He give you the gift of being able to believe. Look, see if the Son believeth on Him has everlasting life. Sealed, complete, done, everlasting life. If you have everlasting life, you have everlasting life right now. Amen? You're not, you're not going to have everlasting life. You have everlasting life right now. Why? Because God doesn't do a partial work. God does an absolute perfect work in us and on the cross which he had done. Now, the evidence is this. If you have everlasting life, you're a servant of Jesus Christ. You're a slave unto Jesus Christ. You're a slave unto the Lord. You're going to be a slave unto someone. I was for 40 years a slave unto Satan. Satan. Until God adopted me into His family, freed me from the bondage of sin, and I became a servant of righteousness. And everyone that comes to Christ, everyone that is a lover of Jesus Christ, this has happened to you in full. Amen? In full, complete. You know, in Romans 6, verse 21... It says, what fruit had ye in those things which you now are ashamed of? So you had fruit of unrighteousness. You don't like talking about that because it's this shameful stuff that you've done. And you have, you're not fooling anybody. You, you're not hiding anything from God. Okay? You, you stand ashamed of stuff you used to do, but now it's been nailed to the cross which sets you free. Free from the bondage of sin. And the end of those things who practice such things that are a slave unto Satan, the end of that unrighteous life is death. Death. But this is our verse. Listen to this. But now, being free, right, being free, being made free from sin, ye have become servants to God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness. In the end, everlasting life. Then he gets it to this last part right here. It says, for the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Isn't that wonderful? I just scratched the surface on some doctrine today. But it's always good to know that you are more than a conqueror. You serve a risen Savior. And nothing can cause you or nothing can take away these things that we have written in Scripture. The question that we have in the mirror that we stand up to every day of our lives is, am I really, am I truly a lover of Jesus Christ? That mirror is before us right now. Am I really a lover of Jesus Christ or do I have a form of religion but deny the power thereof? I have the stamp, but the life is, the fruit is different. Something's broke here in this way. You are who you act out. I'm not talking the spurts. I'm talking about your life. This is what I'm saying. You're preaching something out there, right? You're preaching when the world is looking at you. You're preaching that you're either a lover of Jesus Christ or you're a lover of Satan, you're not preaching something in the middle. There's nothing in the middle. You're either all in or you're all out. Amen? And the more we look and behold the God of glory, and we find great peace and comfort in Him, the more our hearts should explode to serve Him. And knowing that we are talking about the living bread, the all-satisfying soul, food, That we must have, and it's through his written word. You love the Bible? Praise the Lord for that. You love the God to come out of the Bible? Praise the Lord for that. And so I'll finish with this. This is your banner if you're a lover of Jesus Christ, unto obedience unto the ones who have been called. Romans 28: Romans 8:28. And we know. So this is going to cut out all kind of fussing and bickering and hatefulness, and it's just going to cut it out if we believe the Bible. And we know that all good things, all things work together for good to them who love God. Now, if we believe that Scripture, we believe that God is omnipresent. Man, that's going to change our lives, is it not? You believe God is om- omniscient, knowing every your, your every thought. You believe God is omnipresent, meaning that you can't do anything outside of His eyes? He knows everything that you're doing, whether you're honoring Him or dishonoring Him. Amen? And to them who are called, the effectual calling, according to His purpose, for whom He did for, no, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Do you see that? If we're called, we're being conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. If you're not being conformed, empty yourself out before this God that you may want to be filled with Him. That, uh, let's see, image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestine, He also called. And whom He called he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say to these days? If God be with us, who can be against us? Amen? This is our banner that we wave. God is my king. God is my Lord. And I will serve him. For he is worthy of every part of our life, including our thought life. It's probably, all Oh my including our thought life. It's the mercy of God. Man, to be a lover of Christ, you are so blessed. We are so blessed people. To be a lover of Jesus Christ. See, we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about what it means to have true, saving faith. Receiving grace the grace of our God, God's riches at Christ's expense. This is going to rock your world. It's going to change your life. You're no longer in bondage to sin, but you're in bondage to Him. A good, a good way. I'm okay to be a slave of Jesus Christ. I hope you are. Slave unto righteousness, praise the Lord. You're going to serve Somebody. But let us look into the mirror today, the mirror of the gospel. You can't say, you don't leave here today and say to yourself, I'm not called. That's just as sinful as I'm called, but I get to live like hell. That's just as sinful. Don't do that. We are humble ourselves before this God. Humble ourselves before this God. Empty ourselves. Prepare ourselves. What a God. What a glorious God. Let us pray. Father, we are just in awe of your goodness. We are in awe of your mercy and grace. We know and have the answer now, why would you save a maggot like me? With the glory of your grace. Oh Lord, let us be grace extenders this very day. We are grace receivers, but we must be grace uh, extenders to extend it out to people may know what it means to, to have grace, grace, God's grace upon our lives. Lord, we pray that you just help us to examine ourselves. As we prepare to this moment here to come to the table of our Lord, remember the sacrifice that was done in our behalf. Lord, may our hearts just be singing and waving the banner. Hallelujah, what a savior. That we will live a life, Lord satisfied but yet never satisfied because we want more of you. Help us, Lord, to examine ourselves. Help us, Lord, if there be one here today that does not know you, Lord. Don't let them eat. Don't let them leave. Don't let them sleep. Don't let them find any comfort. Press upon them, Lord, until they call upon you. The one and only true name, our Lord Jesus Christ to be saved from you and through you and to you, that you may receive the glory according to your good purpose. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time. We thank you for the swollen hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.